All right, let's get this started. Good morning. Welcome to Real Live Talk. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here for this episode. I uh, really hope this conversation adds some value to your life and uh, more than anything, just causes you to grow in your walk with Jesus. If any of that happens, please consider subscribing, sharing, and uh, leaving a review. And I'm super blessed and honored to just have as my guest today, my friend, Sean White. Sean is a uh, pastor at a church with two campuses in central New Jersey called Gateway Church. He's been in ministry for more than 20 years alongside his wife, Claire, and together they have four beautiful children. Sean's also a skilled musician and worship leader with a passion for experiencing and leading people into the presence of God. And uh, I don't know, just in case that wasn't enough, he's also a businessman and contractor on the side. So, Sean. Buddy, super stoked to have you with me today, man. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Good to see you, too. Yeah, brother. Thanks for your time. And um, yeah, man. So what's going on? How's life? Yeah, no, life is good. Uh, busy. Kids are keeping me on my toes. Uh, it's not. And it's like, um, you know, when you you first have kids and, and it's just like you, you're kind of like adapting to this new scenario where you know, life is not just about you and your wife. Now you have to adapt to your kids and then each stage brings its own issues and difficulties. And I'm venturing into the teenage stage now. And so, um, yeah, you know, I don't think I've ever prayed so much in my life. <laughs> so I got two teenagers now, which is crazy. Um, but, uh, no, life, life is good. I got good kids and, uh, very blessed. So. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's a good uh, that's a good silver lining right there. It'll definitely keep you keep you on your toes and help you pray more. <laughs> yes, yes. You want to up your prayer life? Have children. There you go. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Solid advice. That's just right? good right there. And I think in every season, like you said, I, I think you just you pray you pray more. The older they get, the more the more yeah the more things begin to shift. The more it just forces you into that place. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah man well look i i went through just a, a little bit of, of of a list there with some of the things that you do um obviously like you've got you you guys have have had a lot going on you've got you know a lot on your plates you've done a lot in terms of ministry and um you know i'm sure it was already a lot back you know going back a few years before it was two campuses and then i think it was back in 2018 right where you guys added that that second um a second campus or you i believe it was an issue of you guys taking over um yeah. campus and so now we have two 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 church campuses and then the stuff that you're doing now in the business world and uh with four kids and mm. uh, just just life and everything and uh yeah. man like i think anybody looking at you would not maybe assume that you've been in ministry for 20 plus years you look super young you look like you know you just I uh, read my bible <laughs> if, you read, if you read your Bible, there you go. What does it say? It, it's uh, it's uh, Psalms chapter one. It says, you know, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. It's like a tree. Find it. You know, his, le his leaf yeah. is always green. That's yeah. That's, well, what, I, that's what I tell well, people anyway. Yeah, there you go. Man. So you you got you uh, you already answered the question. I was just wondering, like, like what's your secret? You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife is like this super health nut too. So like, you know, every time I pick up a hamburger, I have her voice in my head, you know, and, and it's, there you go. it's not nice. So, yeah. um, but, so uh, yeah, no, I, coffee then. Oh, no, it's not just coffee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is coffee. That's what you said. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. 
No, it's not just coffee. Um, uh, yeah, no, I say, you know, I, I started leading worship. I took over the whole like uh, worship department in our church when I was 16. So wow. uh, that's why I, that's why I counted the, um, I counted the, uh, uh, the, that as part of ministry. So, yeah. um, cause I was raising up the worship team at, at, at that age and then moved to being a youth pastor and then assistant pastor and lead pastor. And yeah. So kind yeah, of man. done everything. Yeah. Like I've, so I've, I've known, I've known you or at least known about you for a, for a very long time. Um, we've been friends for a number of years, but like, I, I remember that I, I knew sort of who you were from a distance a uh, little bit before that, but uh, I don't really know your uh, origin story, so to speak. So um, where are you from? Are you originally from New Jersey or like, yeah. you know, okay. So yeah, born and raised in New Jersey. Yep. West Orange, New Jersey. And then uh, moved to, uh, the, not that it's going to matter to most people, but um, yeah, then uh we moved to Bridgewater and I've been living in Bridgewater ever since uh, when I was, you know, I guess I was like 11 when I moved there. Um, I, my parents were um, worship leaders in the church um, okay. and uh, they were in, they were in um, uh, leadership in the church at the time. Um, and then uh, uh, pastor Phil, who's been my pastor for years and years now. Um, uh, and now my father-in-law, um, he, he uh, had a dream in from when they were living in South Africa um, that um, they're supposed to come to the United States. They packed up everything, sold what they sold, everything they had basically came yeah. to the United States when I was 13 and, um, and the door opened up for them to pastor our church. Um, and okay. uh, cause we didn't have a pastor at the time. We were just meeting in a small little building. And um, so I've been under his, his, uh, you know, tutelage and you know i've been a kind of a disciple of 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 them and i'm a product of his ministry basically so wow yeah wow did you ever like growing up so i know you said you were about you were 13 when that happened yes um so bef before that did you ever have any kind of an idea that like you were going to be in ministry that you wanted to be in ministry was that something that was on your radar no no it wasn't um i uh i that happened when I was about 15, um, 15, okay. 15 years old. Uh, I actually, um, I struggled with fear and depression for a number of years. Um, and okay. so I, um, I, I actually had a kind of a bit of a, of a eating disorder. Um, and so I was so, um, it was demonic actually. I had like a demonic stronghold in my life. Um, when I was, um, I think it started around the age of of uh, 11 or 12 and it wow. lasted for uh for a number of years and i just remember getting up and with my dad and just reading um uh, matthew chapter 6 it says do not worry i had to read it like every day and just meditate on it and um and it actually it eventually broke um and i uh i remember it was around the time that it broke when i was about 14 that my grandpa bought me a, a cheap $50 Yamaha guitar from, uh, from a garage sale and he gave it to me and being homeschooled, I, um, I just started working with it and I taught myself and, um, and I would just have these times of, it was, it's, I would just have these times of worship in my bedroom down, down in the basement. And so I just, um, it's, it's amazing kind of like out of, out of all of the, uh, 
of that stronghold that was over my life where I was had a hard time keeping food down and I just had so much fear over myself. Wow. Um, it was through that time that I actually just really grew close to God. And I, I attribute I attribute my freedom from that, from that type of fear and anxiety that was just lingering over me. And I don't even know really where it came from. Um, I had a good life, you know, the it's devil. just, yeah, right. <laughs> That's the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but, you know, I had a good, I had a good life. I had a good childhood. Um, yeah, man. and, and yeah. uh, uh, but he, you know, the devil knows that, 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 that God has a calling on each of our lives and he's always going to yeah. attack that. And so it was out of, it was out of that attack that I drew close to God, mm. got the guitar and just developed this, this time of worship where every day I would just be in my room, just mm. worshiping Jesus. And, um, it, it, it's amazing how God took what was evil and just turned it around for the good. And it wow. was that that developed or the foundation of the relationship that I have with him. Wow. Yeah, man. Uh, so the, the thing, the thing with fear is like fear, worry, anxiety, you know, it really becomes this, this underlying sort of root cause of so many things, so many issues, like you talked about the eating disorder and, you know, for, for so many people, it, it manifests in, in different ways. Yeah. And yeah, man, it's always like, it's always fear is always based on a lie and the enemy, right. he's the father of lies and he's always wanting to manipulate and distort because yeah, he knows where people he, well, he, he at least has an idea of like, first of all, the fact that every single person has a calling of God on their life. Yes. Every single person has a destiny in God. Every single person, you know, has things that God has prepared and planned for them because it's the nature of who God is. And so, you know, it's, it's this, it's this, just twisted manipulative thing to try to get us somehow disconnected from what God sees for us, you know? And right. so, you know, I, I mean, I've seen that manifest in, in my life too, like, you know, growing up and at different times in different ways, like uh, just a fear issue an anxiety issue, a worry issue or something like that, you know, again, like manifesting in a different way in my life. And yeah, for me too, I could say the same thing that, that the thing that has like really saved me and become an anchor point for me is just always just running to that place of worship, yes. you know? And I think for me, like I haven't, uh, I, I have, I haven't always been amazing at that. <laughs> Not that I'm amazing at it now either, but you know, I think sometimes you can get caught up in that, in that downward spiral of fear or whatever it is. Yeah. And if you'll, if you'll just, just learn to to go into that place of just running back into the arms of your father and worshiping him and focusing on him. I mean, everything shifts, right? Everything changes in the presence of God. Yes, absolutely. And so when you when you'll take whatever, however you're feeling, whatever you're going through, if you're walking through a tragedy, even you know whatever difficulty or conflict that you're up against, then you'll just with all of it, just go before your heavenly father and just get into his presence, get into his face. Yeah. And by the way, like that's not difficult to do <laughs> as sometimes it seems difficult in our minds because we might, we might feel like we're far away. We might feel like we're disconnected, but guess yeah. what? Like if you're saved in the spirit of God, well, if you're saved, if that means that the spirit of God lives inside of you and there is no such thing as being disconnected from him. Again, right. you can feel like you are, 
Right. But he's always right there with you with arms open and just wants you to experience him, to feel his embrace and to, you know, just know and be confident of the fact that that he's there for you. And whatever whatever conflict um, you're going through. He's so much more than enough to to settle you, you know, Um, so worship basically became sort of like that, that safe haven for you then. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what, uh, it's what, um, I guess kind of propelled me into ministry. It's not what I was planning for. Um, and, uh, I remember, yeah, I, I taught myself, you know, a few chords on the guitar basically. And I, I learned this song that, what was his name? Um, Matt Redman wrote, uh, a number of years ago called, uh, I think it's called, I will offer up my life or something. And um, I remember my dad just saying, like, why don't we do a song special at church one day? So I said, all right. So we, you know, we practiced it and, and, uh, and no one knew I could sing. And so I, I just got up there and he did the first verse and chorus and I did the second verse and chorus. And the next week they put a microphone up there for me uh, to, uh, to, to keep leading worship. So Wow. Um, yeah, so that's how that got started. Did yeah. you know that you could sing? Like, was singing something that you were you were into? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, my, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't like terribly into it. I mean, my my, my parents had me in like every Christmas play imaginable, um, and so you know, so and it wasn't like you had a choice either. And so instead of turning on the radio in the car anywhere, my dad would say, "Like, Let, let's sing a song." So that, that's just what we did. So yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it um so sean like and 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 so this this makes perfect sense because again like i never really understood uh, well i never i never really i never asked you about it so i never really knew about you know your origin story sort of like how you got started it makes sense that that your ministry was sort of birthed from that place of of worship because when mm-hmm. i when i look at you now and i've seen you lead worship i've heard you lead worship a you know a handful of times and and uh, and and I've seen you teach, and it's so clear that the pursuit of God's presence is such a big part of who you are, and something that you're passionate about, and yeah. just the idea of living dependent on the on the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm sure you, that you've probably <laughs> experienced the other side of that. I would just imagine in ministry of like just knowing what it's like to operate in life, in ministry, and business, and whatever from a place of sort of like self-dependence yeah um you know from a place of trying to figure stuff out and trying to do things you know in your own strength um yeah you know i don't i don't want to i don't want to assume anything but i know that i certainly have no no i'm I'm right there with you yeah and then but so like we always have that option right like we always we always have that option in whatever that we're doing to start to depend on what's comfortable for us to start to depend on what we can do what we've learned our past experiences to start to depend on ourselves and trying to like kind of figure things out on your own but we always have this opportunity we always have this invitation from god to rest in him to trust in him to be led by the holy spirit because he's so good at leading us and guiding us and so um just wonder man like what has your experience been um or if there's anything that you could just share on that, like learning how to just live in dependence on the Holy Spirit for, for mm-hmm. you, for whether it's for life, ministry, whatever. 
Yeah, I think that um, uh, Matthew 6, the one that I had to meditate on to kind of get out of that state of fear, um, where yeah. talking about do not worry has been like a, um, has been a uh, kind of a pivotal um, or a foundational um, uh, scripture verse for me, because, you know, it leads you into that place of, you know, do not worry. And, uh, it leads you to that scripture verse, Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and his righteousness. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, when you're, whenever you're in that place of fear and worry, obviously because your focus is off um right and and where it's all about the things you've achieved or haven't achieved or um i i think sometimes people look at life like um yeah there's a lot of things that we have to live up to a lot of different standards i guess in life um and i think that what has helped me is looking at the kingdom of God as a story. Um, you know, I know we're meant to seek first the kingdom of God, but we go seeking after all these other things. And um, I don't really want to look at the, I know that there are good standards, absolutely, but I don't want to look yeah. at the kingdom of God as one more thing I have to do. I got, I, I'm a busy guy. I've got lots of things to do. Um and I think that's actually the biblical understanding. The biblical understanding wasn't for God to say, oh, aren't you live up to this? The biblical understanding was to present you with a story and invite you to participate into it. Mm. Um, so when we look at we look at all of the different, we call them heroes of the faith, but they're really not heroes. They're just ordinary, average, horrible people, actually, some of them that God chooses to do extraordinary things yeah um there's only one there's only one hero in this book his name is jesus and that's it and everything points to him um but god invites us to participate and live into this unfolding story with him and so you know we and so you see jesus and he's like listen don't worry about your life what you eat or what you'll drink or what you wear what you're going to put on everyone's running after all those things and you're you're feeling awful because of it and people are worried about so much in life because they're like, well, we have to live up to this and we have to live up to this. And, and they, you go and you compare your life with other people. That's why I hate social media because it's really just this highlight reel that everyone posts all these good things. That's why people feel so depressed all the time. Wow. Theodore Roosevelt said, you know, the thief of comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. And so, wow. and so it, it, people feel less or they feel like they, they don't measure up. I mean, everyone's feeling like they don't measure up, which is why you have worry and and fear and anxiety and 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 you know, and we make life all about us and about you know what's taking place in my story. And everyone has a story. And Jesus is basically saying in Matthew chapter six, like, listen, instead of making life all about you and your story, make life about me Come on. and my story. And everything that you need for your story will fall into place. Seek first the kingdom of God. If you're going to seek first anything, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that you need will be added unto you. Hmm. And so I, I, I think for me, like I'm not going to live from a place and we live in such a narcissistic society where it's all about me. Right. Yeah. But man, Jesus is speaking to a bunch of people that have made life all about themselves. And when they do, it doesn't go very well for them. <laughs> so instead, instead of, instead of making life all about you, why don't you make life about me? Yeah. And then watch how like everything that you need for your story, which really fits into his, 
comes into place. And so I don't want to live my life from a place, which is what I was doing as a, you know, and I still do from time to time. But every time I live from a place where it's about me, that's when I fall into fear. But when I make life about him and that this is about his story and what's taking place and I can be a part of it, it changes everything. Wow. And, you know, so like, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're having a difficult time, you know, the dumbest stories in life, like imagine if like, you look at all the, the and I, I have three daughters, so I, I know all the Disney princess movies, you know, so, <laughs> um, but, but I mean, like if, if, uh, if the, if the, if the princess had to meet her handsome prince and fall in love and make babies and live happily ever after, like that's, that's the dumbest story ever because there's no tragedy. There's no, there's right, no working right. through things. There's, there's no hardship and, and right. we need hardships in life. It's what makes a great story. And all the mm -hmm. stories that we are inspired by are the ones where there are, tr there are tragedies and difficulties to work through. That's wow. just what makes a great story. It's wow. what made it a story for me. It was out of tragedy that something beautiful was birthed, where a relationship based on worship and trust in God was birthed. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. I'll take all the hardship. And wow. so, you know, it's, 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 it's so important. And that's what actually makes a good story. And we tend to say, oh, no, like we get all worried and fearful and anxious. But we have to remember that God's so much bigger than anything that we face. And, and do we really believe it? And that's where in the rubble right. meets yeah, the road. Man. And so, you know, if I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight, if I'm really going to seek first the kingdom of God, I have to understand, I have to live into the story. And yes, there's going to be hardships and difficulties, but God is this God who turns everything around for the good. And this is what kind of, yeah, this is what kind of uh, cements us or conditions us to actually be people of the kingdom of God. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, it's so good, everything that you're saying. And I, I, I think for me, the biggest thing, like the the biggest thing, the biggest like game changer in in just my my thinking and probably in my growth, I hope, um, over like the past several years of my life in ministry has really been to focus on this one simple truth. And it's that God is good. Yeah. Just focusing on that, because like for me, like I need stuff to be simple. <laughs> it helps me when stuff is simple. and that's it doesn't really get any 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 simpler than that i mean that's what we sang about in sunday school when i was five years old as a kid right. you know that's that's what it was like and when i when, when we get like distracted by so many different things again like that really becomes it, it's it's fueled by it's fueled by worry i think all of the distractions of life i mean we we actually see that in in luke chapter 10 right with with mary and martha and it's like where, you know, Mary is worshiping at the feet of Jesus. She's just kind of hanging on his every word and spending, you know, focused on him. Martha is there and she's focused on like making sure people are fed and making sure that the house is running properly. And she's she's doing all that and she's doing something that's good. I mean, she's serving, but she's doing it from maybe a, a flawed motivation, but yeah. she's doing it from this place of where the Bible actually says when, when it sort of starts telling the story, it says that Martha was distracted with serving. So like serving and doing good things, doing ministry, doing, you know, whatever can can be a can be a distraction. But then what I love about that is, is Jesus actually when Jesus uh, responds to Martha and he he tells her, he doesn't say, Martha, you're um, you're distracted. He says, Martha, you're worried about many things. 
And so I think that Jesus right there is kind of getting to the root of the problem. Like the problem with her distraction was that it was being fueled from this thing of worry and worry yeah. is fear, worry, you know, worry, anxiety, fear. They, they all, they all come from the same place. And so um, when we get focused on the wrong thing, then we just, we, we, we end up going in a wrong direction, obviously, you know what I mean? And so for me, just kind of coming back to that simple truth, that simple understanding, you know what, God, you are good. So when things in my life spin out of control, when like you're talking about, we have those conflicts or, you know, we walk Mm -hmm. through different things in life that are, that are difficult or perplexing. Yeah. Just coming back to that place of, all right, God, like I get it. Like this is happening in front of me, but you're still good. That's right. You can't stop being good. You never stop being good. Right. And so it doesn't become this thing. I, I think that a lot of people live from this faulty understanding that's, well, when my life is going good, when my circumstances are going good, God is good. Praise God. God is good. But then as soon as like things start to fall apart or things don't go so well, it's like we forget all about we forget all about the the thank you, God, that you're good. And we, 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 we start complaining and we start, like you said, playing that comparison game. And, and we start yeah. just letting all of that stuff that we that we know to be true to go out the window. And I think you hit the nail right on the head, man. It comes back to like, what do you really believe? Yeah. What do you really believe? Because I can right. sing songs about God's goodness all day long. But what re- what I really believe comes out when I'm under pressure. What comes yes. out of my mouth? What comes out of my my what happens in my internal dialogue, my internal conversation inside my own head? Absolutely. Like when I'm up against the wall and I don't know, you know, what's going on. I don't know, whatever. Is it, is it still, can I still sing that same song? You know, because that'll tell, that'll tell me what what I really believe. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I was listening to, uh, um, I need to get her. I've been, my wife and I've been reading this book by, uh, this, um, evangelist called uh, living sacrifice and um, this woman who was operating in the congo um, as a medical doctor and missionary and dr helen uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her last name i'll send it to you um, but Please. phenomenal book real short read um, you can also look her up on youtube um, but she uh she shared this this way that God changed uh, a question that she would always used to ask and it ruined my day. And uh, so since I'm on here with you, I'll, I'll, I'll just, and I, I really love you. So I'm going to ruin yours as well. So it goes like this. <laughs> you. Um, it, you know, everything in life for her was um, uh, she would ask the question, is it worth it? Mm. Yeah. You know? and, and I think we look at life and like, you know, do I want to spend my life doing this or especially when it comes to ministry? You know, and, and serving God, you know, especially with all the hardships that people, you know, yeah. go through and, and then, you know, am I going to really continue to believe that God's good in the midst of all of this? And, and so, uh, we, she would ask the question, is it worth it? And she'd give the example, like, well, my dad, <clears throat> if I wanted to, you know, when I was younger, you know, if I was going to touch something that was sharp or hot, my dad say, you know, don't touch that. You know, I, I wanted to touch it anyway. Yeah, you know, I know I'm gonna have to deal with my dad afterwards, so it's not worth it. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna do it. And I think it's a lot of times we look at even ministry that way. 
Mm. You know, you look at the things that God has told you to do. And especially when you don't have a clear understanding that God is good. You know, you're going to ask the question, well, is it worth it? Is yeah. it worth it to me? You know, because being in ministry, it's not the most lucrative endeavor. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. There's a lot of there's a lot of sacrifice. No. Yeah, no, there's a lot of sacrifice involved and there can be a lot of hurt and stuff that comes yeah. along with it, yeah. which definitely makes still for a good story because God can. He is good. He does turn everything around for the good. Yeah. But instead of asking the question, um, is it? worth it god told her you're asking the wrong question hmm. the question isn't <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> the question isn't um uh is it worth it and the question is uh, am i worthy well wow. and that wow. changes things well wow. yeah is is he worthy well wow. and the answer is always yes yeah man. <laughs> and so with the things that you know I don't want to do or the things that may seem really tough, but God's calling me to do it. Hmm. It's not, is it worth it? Is, is he worthy? Well, my question's always, always yes. And yeah. so that was like, ah, man, why'd you have to share that? But, but, uh, definitely was no, a living I, sacrifice I, moment for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. I'm actually, I'm so glad you shared that, um, with me. I was actually just having, uh, conversation with God this morning and and one of the things that that I that I said and I don't even remember fully how I got into this conversation with God but um I, I know I know for me like I can get really like I can be really overprotective uh, okay. if that's the right word of like my 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 stuff that's mine and like my family particularly my kids my wife I remember going back a number of years, I was on the mission field in Mexico. So this was really um, early on in my ministry. And I had gone through a lot the, those first couple years or so in terms of yeah. just learning <laughs> how to trust God. Call, yeah. We'll call it an opportunity to trust God. The opportunity right. was uh, we have no money, <laughs> so, so, we don't have a, so we don't have a choice uh, but to trust God. And uh, it's amazing, man, what comes what comes out of those experiences, too. But yeah. But uh, I had gotten to this place where for the first time in my life, because I grew up in a really good situation, um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, we we were never like rich, but we were always we were always fine. You know, um, my parents bought me a car when I turned 17. Um, my parents paid for my college. I, I, I graduated with no debt. Um, you know, wow. like life was was fairly easy. And then. I got on the mission field and I was on my own, like providing for not, you know, me quote unquote providing. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, trusting on God to provide. And so in that, in that atmosphere for really a first time in my life, having to depend on God for resources yeah. and for sustenance and for things like food and diapers when we had our, our first child, you know, down on the mission yeah. field in Mexico and all of that, man. And, and so there's this one day where, um, I, I had gotten to the point where I had, I felt like I had grown quite a bit in that area of trusting God, but God always wants more, right? Because yeah. God always wants more for us. He always wants what's best for us. And so this one day, um, God confronted me and I, I walked into my bedroom and I was alone and God confronted me and it was in a very loving, but stern way as a, as a father can do sometimes. Yeah. And, and he confronted me and he said, 
um, you've given me this, but you have not given me this. And he was highlighting particularly this area of my life where I was very overprotective with my wife and my, at that point, newborn child. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much to, to set this, this point up, but, but it was just like, uh, this, this moment where God was like, you haven't given this to me and I want it. And that wasn't God being selfish or cruel with me. That was God saying, I want you to go to a new level of trust because the more that we trust him, the more we become like him, the more that we trust him, the more that we can surrender and the more that we can give up control in this way, like when we're holding on to control of our own lives and trying to be the ones that are pushing things and running things, like what does Jesus say? Like my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So we take his yoke upon us, which means that he's able to drive us. He's able to steer us in the way that we're supposed to go instead of us trying to steer ourselves and get to where we're going on our own, because that typically doesn't lead to anything good. And so it was just like, I remember that experience. And so Anyway, flash forward, like just this morning, I was having this conversation with God and, and, uh, and this thing came out and I, and I said to God, you know what? The number one priority for my life is not my safety. <laughs> the number one priority for my life is not, you know, everything working out the way that I think it should work out. You know, like, I don't know about you, but I can start to get really comfortable really quick. Like if I have extra finances and extra resources come in, if the car is running well, like if all these things are in place, I can start to get really comfortable. And then like in my mind, whenever something starts to go wrong, like the car breaks down or there's some kind of an issue like that, I can very quickly flash into like, Oh, well, what, what am I going to do about this? And starting asking those questions, well, what if this, and what if that, and it's like, right. hold on a second, bro. Like how many times have you been in this same situation and God has showed up for you and done like this and more beyond, you know, your ability to do it for yourself because it's right. just who he is. Again, he's just so good. Doesn't always yeah. look the way that I want it to look, but he's always good and he's always faithful. And so right. the thing was this, like God, safety in my life is not my number one priority. My number one priority and the number one focus of my life is you and it needs to be you. Whatever right. it looks like in the short term is not is not what what matters. The point is that you are the the focal point. You are the center of my life. And so as long mm-hmm. as I'm pursuing you above everything else, in the short term, things can look like they're bad. Things can look like they're falling apart. But yeah. because I've built that trust and that history with God, I can keep walking with him knowing that he's going to show himself faithful. Amen. Amen. So like what you're saying there... Um, so good man just resonated with me like personally so much because it's like i was just there this morning (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i think we're in a season right now where god is um he's testing a lot of people i think i mean he's always testing people i understand that um and it's always for our good um yeah uh but yeah i i think for um, the church worldwide, especially uh, Western culture, um, you know, there's such a danger to getting comfortable because um, that's when we we take our eyes off of him and we put it on our, you know, you know what's comfortable and what's secure, what's familiar. And um, I think that's a dangerous place to be. I'm actually going to be preaching about that this uh, this coming Sunday. Wow. Um, and uh yeah because it really it really 
I mean, when you, when you when you look at throughout scripture, um, there's nothing comfortable about anything that God asks people to do. <laughs> I mean, nothing. I mean, uh, you know, the prophet that walked around naked for three years or uh, I'm glad God doesn't do the same thing twice. Like, I'm glad he does, he always does something new, right? Um, but I, I mean, you just think about all the things that God asks people to do, and they're always about getting people out of their comfort zones. There should be nothing comfortable about Christianity. The only thing for me, you wow. know, you know, I, I, I look again, at man. please, what please, there should be nothing, again. there should be nothing comfortable about Christianity. Oh man, there, there really shouldn't. Um, you know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about, um, uh when when um joseph who's in prison jacob's son um yeah he he gets sold by his brothers into slavery um and commanded a pharaoh until he's 30 so Hmm, yeah there's like there's a good 13 15 years whatnot that he's he's a slave um which is not comfortable and (laughs) And, uh, uh, but my, I guess my question was like, you know, God had given them the land of Canaan and God had prepared, um, Joseph to be like the savior, basically of the known world. Uh, right. And his family comes and lives with them in Egypt after when that seven year famine comes. And my question was like, well, why not after the seven years, why not go back to Canaan? You know, like why, why stay there in Egypt? Yeah, right. Yeah. And 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 I know he says like, well, God will, you know, eventually lead you out of here one day and stuff, but it's just like, you know, famine's over. You know, let's go and rebuild. Let's go take back what was belongs to us. You know, we've only been yeah. away for however many years it was, the livings of the famine. Um but they decide to stay. And they say it is to such a degree that there's like thousands of them now living in Egypt. And I was like, well, why? Uh, I think it's because they got comfortable. Yeah, they 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 stayed where they where they were comfortable. In fact, when they actually leave Egypt, when they leave Egypt, they had become so accustomed to their culture that this is that they when they built idols and they went out to play before them, which is the nice way of saying they you know had a had a a very bad grown up party afterwards you know over there. Mm-hmm. So so I I uh, you know I, I look at Egypt as this place where enslavement came through comfort Mm. wow and the wilderness was actually a detox from what was familiar and secure because they're like oh i wish we'd just gone back we had meat back there we had we had leeks and onions and garlic and melons Mm. like the food was delicious at least we had security (laughs) you know to a degree but they're wanting slavery even though it's it's comfortable. Yeah. And I, you know, I just think that the place of, of, you know, the place that we find comfort has holds a, the greatest potential to be our next Egypt. Wow. And then, wow. and then what God does is he, he, we realize we're kind of enslaved there and, and he has to bring us into a wilderness experience where we have to go through detox basically. Yeah. And that's not comfortable. And then we yeah. have to, but it's preparing us for what he's promised. And that, and what even what he's promised is not even not even comfortable, because yeah. he, that Joshua has to go and defeat thirty one kingdoms, and so nothing there's nothing comfortable about Christianity. And I think yeah. when we get comfortable, we actually preclude ourselves from operating in the 
the gifts and the miracles and the signs and wonders that God wants us to operate in. Greater works will you do in my name because I go to the Father. Like, why don't we see that today? I think everyone's too comfortable. Wow. Well, what you're saying, too, it's so evident in, in their lives. Like when we get to, what is it, Numbers uh, 13 and 14? It's like after they they at that at that point they'd only been in the wilderness for about two years, um, and they get to the the place where you know they the Moses sends out the twelve spies to go in and spot yeah. the land of Canaan, and then comes back with this. Most of them come back with this negative report, and what immediately happens? They immediately spiral into fear. They immediately yeah. spiral into we can't do this. We don't have what it takes. Right. You know, seeing themselves like they're the, the spies were like, we were as grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we yeah. in their sight. Right. It's like, okay, you don't, you don't think that you have what it takes to, to get there. And so to me, that's just so evident of what you're saying of like that seed that was inside of them that yeah. needed to come out of them. Because if they went into the land of Canaan with that in them, what was going to happen? Yeah. They would have been destroyed. They would uh, exactly. either, they wouldn't have even tried or if they <laughs> if if Moses or whoever it was, if Moses or Joshua, you know, whoever would, was able to rally them and actually get them to go into battle, it wouldn't have worked. No. You know, it, they they weren't ready. They weren't the totally. they were in the in the mindset. They didn't have a, a strong enough heart to get in there and do what they needed to do. Um and uh yeah, so I just I just I just think that that um you know, when we get into pressure situations, it definitely it brings stuff to the surface, you know, it, totally. it, sh it shows us where we are. And and again, it shows us like, OK, what do we really believe? Yeah, do we believe that God is actually for us. Right. Do we do we believe that God is actually causing all things to work together for our good? Right. Do we believe that he's faithful. You know, do we actually believe that, you know, not right. just not just say it because we know that we're supposed to but like do we actually believe it right you know and how would that change our situation when we face it you know like if we went in with that type of a mindset and that's why i really feel like in particular with what's been taking place not just in our own nation but what's taking place in the world today god's kind of drawing his church out of egypt if you would and it kind of like he's he's preparing us for what he's promised. I'm really believing for a harvest. I really am. But it means there has yeah. to be workers. That means there has to be people that are willing to get uncomfortable and roll up their sleeves and actually serve. Not just sing it about it on church, pray about it in prayer meetings, but actually get involved. Yeah. So yeah. like I was thinking about this, what you're saying, do you do you think because like over the past 18 months or so, you know, with the pandemic and with the elections and with everything that's gone on. It yeah. just it seemed to me like there was a there was and is a lot of fear, of course, but like in the church with God's people, you know, the way that we've been responding, I'm talking about I'm speaking in generalities now, but like the yeah. way that we've been responding to the issues and to the conflicts of what's been going on around us, um, like it, it just it it just seems that there's in there there's such an operation of of that going on and you know operating from a place of fear rather than faith and trust in God. Um, I yes. mean, do you would you say would you I don't know would you agree with that statement? Totally, first of all? absolutely. And so, <laughs> and so, what do we do? Like, what what do you what do you sort of see? Because like you, I'm excited. Like like you, I, I'm not gloom and doom. I'm not looking at what's coming ahead for the church and thinking, oh, we're just, you know, 
we're we're screwed. We're you know we're in trouble. Like I'm not I'm not thinking <laughs> like that at all. I believe that God wants to do amazing things in this nation and around the world. Like I really believe that. I, I really believe that there's there's amazing things coming. I believe that we're positioned, as you said, for harvest. I believe that we're positioned for revival and for awakening. I believe that we're yeah. positioned um, for so many things that God wants to do. That in other words. When I say positioned, I mean, like, I think that we have such an opportunity right now to tap into heavenly resources, kingdom Absolutely. resources in such a profound way. But obviously, we're not going to if we're stuck in that place of fear and sort of like shifting with like every season that shifts. And so yeah. I don't know, man, what do you what do you think? What do you see? I, I'm not exactly sure what the question is. Maybe, maybe you understand what I'm oh, asking we're just, you. We'll, like, we'll just talk through what it. Do we, yeah. What do we do? Well, I mean, what's the purpose of fear? Control, mm. right? I mean, 100%. the purpose of fear is yes. control because what yes. you fear controls you. And so, in fact, what you fear is what you worship. Come on. Kind of, kind of wow. what it boils down to because that's why we all need to have – I know we're not supposed to have like a – unhealthy fear of the lord but we do need to have a healthy fear of the lord um and and so i i i'm praying that that is returning to the church um and so yeah you know if you know at the cross the enemy was defeated um and all of his authority was stripped from him at the cross so therefore if he has none of it jesus has all of it and then he gives it to us but we authorize the enemy through our own fear that's right that's you know right. We'll, you know so he 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 comes to us wanting that authority back and we actually authorize them through the words we speak if we're going to speak death and a lot yeah, of people man. are just declaring death you know we need to be declaring if i'm going to start if and it was also like what am i going to agree with you know um i know this ruffle some feathers but i don't agree with mainstream media I don't agree with Fauci. I don't agree with a lot of these guys. I'm just going to say it because, you know, I don't know anyone on your, anyone yeah. on your show or who listens to you anyway. And I don't, <laughs> I don't care either. So it's just, it's <laughs> exactly. just, it's just like, I, 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 I see the, the narrative that it's playing out just to impose fear on people. And like, mm. I'm not going to be controlled by that. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I feel, I feel like God's bringing some type of, great awakening um I, I i i really feel like that's coming in you know when i see like pastors in like canada getting arrested because they keep on having you know church services i'm right. like yes you know like right. I, I i i'm like i'm so proud of these guys you know that they're not you know i just saw brian houston in uh in australia saying what's with this this is like we we can't not only can we not sing in church he just posted this like two weeks ago i t tweeted this he's like not only can mm -hmm. we not sing in church they're not, we're not even allowed to broadcast over a live stream. Right. Singing. Right. And I'm like, you know, there is an attack against the church right now. And I'm not fearful. I'm like, I'm like, well, let's go, baby. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. And so, yeah. you know, how can we, how can we sing that song? I'm no longer a slave to fear. Right. If we're going to come to church and we've got, or we're going to stay home or we're just going to be masked up and, and everything. I, I, I get where, where people are coming from and stuff. And some people need to be very careful. I get it. You know, I'm not denying the virus or anything like that, but I'm just saying like, you know, how can we, how can we say I'm no longer a slave to fear, but we're practicing fear. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, well, as you said, we can definitely become a slave to comfort, you know, totally. And, and, and so when we, when we get in that, I mean, nothing, nothing grows in comfort. No. What do you know? Fact, in, you can't in, do anything of significance from comfort. Yeah. Nothing of yeah. significance comes out of comfort. You know, it's always about stepping out of the boat. It, you can do nothing for the kingdom of God. Nothing, yeah. nothing in the kingdom of God is birthed out of comfort. Mm. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And so it's like we if when when there's I mean, we see it. We see it throughout the Bible. We see it throughout the book of Acts that when there was persecution, when there was, you know, they were up against conflict. What did it do? It caused the gospel to spread. Yeah. You know, and so clearly uh, and, and this is not a, a thing that a, a lot of nations, many, many nations around the world are in a completely different place in terms of this. Like like a lot of a lot of nations around the world are having way different conversations about what comfort and discomfort is, because yes. for us, uh, I mean, there, there's there's nations of, of this world where uh, I mean, they would they would almost kill for 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 the problems that we have. Oh, I'm talking Western to, culture to, to, to persecute. Yeah. So, so it's like, anyway, the, the, the comfort thing definitely, um, isn't what we need. <laughs> for no, sure. no, it's, it's not. <laughs> it, it, and it, I was thinking too, like I, I've been reading, West. um, I've been reading all of the, uh, the CS Lewis Chronicles of Narnia to my children. Um, I don't know if you've, if you've read those, the uh, Chronicles of Narnia, mm -hmm. yeah. but I mean, you know, I love the way that Jesus is portrayed as a lion and he's not a tame lion. There was right. nothing comfortable about yeah. meeting with Aslan. You know, mm -hmm. he's terrifying. He's exhilarating. He is not comfortable. He's comforting. But even that experience <laughs> usually starts with being very uncomfortable. And then you, you know, you look at all of the, you look at all of the, um, the, the fruits of the spirit. Patience isn't comfortable, you know, uh, wow. love isn't comfortable, you know, no. joy means I have to be in the presence of God. And that can be terrifying and exhilarating all at the same time, you know, yeah, it's, and it's often a lot <laughs> easier to be not joyful. Like it's, it's often a lot easier just to like joy is so often counterintuitive, right? Like, like yeah. joy, joy is something that I, I have to, like, I have to choose to express joy sometimes. Like sometimes it'll just come out of me. Sometimes yeah. it's that my, my circumstances will sort of, you know, spark me to have a, a reaction that's that's joyous in nature. But like but to be joy, like when, when Paul says rejoice in the Lord, always writing from a pit, right? He's from in prison. A dungeon, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, OK, what do you have to be joyful about right now? Well, not much if you just look at my circumstances, <laughs> but I always have a reason to rejoice and to be joyful, to be to be at peace, to be, you know, I, I always have a reason for this because it comes from what God has done in me. It comes from the fact that, yeah. I, that he knows me and that I know him. It comes from the, the intimacy of that relationship, you know? Right. And I think when you mentioned peace too, there's a difference between comfort and peace. Come on. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, peace is, peace is only given like the peace that surpasses all understanding means you shouldn't have peace in the condition that you're in, but you have peace. Meaning you're in a place of discomfort. You know, there is no peace without purpose. Yeah. I can discover the peace of God in the worst of circumstances if I'm running with purpose. Wow. But comfort, 
Comfort is a completely different thing. Comfort is what actually what holds me captive. Comfort actually what keeps me from purpose. All right. So when I'm in a place of comfort, it's like my Egypt. Like I'm I'm not entering into the promised land or what God has promised for me. You know, I, I, you know, everyone loves comfort. I'm all for rest and vacations. Absolutely. Sure. But like, but like when we're, we're constantly seeking after comfort and security and what's familiar, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually robbing myself of the purposes and plans of God, which actually push you out of the boat onto the water. Wow. And there you discover peace. Wow. So peace is actually only discovered in the place of where you're running with the purposes and plans of God, which are never comfortable. So there's a difference between comfort and peace. (laughs) So in other words, like there's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with enjoying comfort, right? Right. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with liking that, but it, the, the, the issue becomes when we're, when that's actually our pursuit, the issue yes. becomes when I do things, when I make choices, when I make decisions, and this would be different for every single person, right? So like, yeah. for example, as a pastor, like I can seek after comfort in, in, in what makes sense for me. So in other words, like I can, I can only teach on things. I can only do things that are going to make me as likable as possible with the people in front of me. And I can do the people pleasing thing. And, and I can do all of that because what, because I'm seeking after that comfort i'm seeking after a comfort zone kind of stuff and so for somebody else comfort like their level their their zone of comfort would look totally different than what my than what mine is but i think it really comes down to like okay well what's your what's your motivation and again i i think we were talking a lot we talking a lot about fear um i i believe that we're always motivated by either fear or love yeah that like if i'm and, and as you said fear what is what is what is the purpose of fear to control fear is always controlling fear is always manipulative but when i'm motivated by love love i mean love is always going to cause me to get out of my comfort zone because it doesn't focus on me it doesn't focus on what i need it doesn't focus on keeping me safe and keeping me in 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 the box of what's nice and what feels good and you know like it, it doesn't do that love actively avoids that because it's it's about other people it's about advancing you know of course it's focused on god and it's and it's because it's focused on god it's focused on people it's focused on you know let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus you know talking about esteeming others more highly than yourself and all that comfort definitely doesn't esteem others better than myself but love does right right absolutely i mean what does paul say this is it was the love i'm compelled by the love of god it's that, it's that motivation thing. So love compels, fear withholds. So yeah, yeah, totally. Oh man. Totally. So I don't know, what, what would you say to somebody? We, we kind of went from, I think, small, like individual scale to talking about like the church. Now, like, let, let me bring it back down to sort of small scale again. Like, what would you say to somebody who is dealing with fear in their life? So you know, maybe, maybe somebody who, who recognizes it, maybe somebody who's struggling with, you know, maybe they're worried about something, they're anxious about something, they're fearful about something. And they recognize that like, yeah, this is becoming a, a controlling manipulative force in my life. I think there's a difference between like, there's an emotion of fear that you can yeah. have and that you can quickly dismiss, right? There, right? There's an emotion of fear that says, uh, okay, I'm about to be hit by this bus. 
you know what I mean? Like there's a fear, <laughs> like there's probably going to yeah. be fear in that moment totally. or there's fear of, you know what I mean? Like there's the normal, there's the normal things. You get that unexpected bill in the mail, you get that bad call from the doctor. Like, you know, so may maybe, maybe there's, there's that thing where fear hits you, mm. but it's one thing for fear to hit you. And then another thing for you, like you, you talked about this before in in like giving the the devil what what was the word you used authorization or like giving the devil right. permission to keep going with something so it's one thing to like the thought comes in your head you're not in control yeah. of every thought that comes in your head but you are in control of the thoughts that you partner with so True. Yes. the thought comes in your head and you know second corinthians chapter 10 uh verse 4 i guess it is um taking every thought captive maybe it's verse 5 taking every thought captive to the obedience yeah. of christ taking every thought captive like means that we don't just have to be victimized by the thoughts that come into our mind and then go like let it lead us down this spiral path of fear no because god's given us a sound mind right it's like we talk like that's one of the fruits of the spirit too self-control self-discipline sound mind like he's given that to us and so I don't know what what was my I started to ask you a question that I just there was a question in there it, somewhere it, there was a question there somewhere it was it had to do with uh, yeah just like what well, would you I don't know man what would you say to somebody who might be like like finding themselves in that or maybe they feel trapped maybe they feel stuck uh, either in fear or just um, yeah I mean yeah I mean it's kind of like a, not <laughs> I mean, a one a, size fits all question but yeah, exactly. uh, I I. <laughs> I think that they're not alone. Like, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, everyone's facing something. Um, and you know, in the midst of it all, it's just it, like you said, right at the beginning, it's, will you recognize the goodness of God in this moment? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, if you don't, you are going to struggle with, the ability to believe and to to exercise faith and and here's the thing about faith you know paul writes i have fought the fight of faith yeah. which once again means that faith is not something that is comfortable it means that you without a struggle you cannot exercise faith faith is pointless without a fight <laughs> There's no reason for you to exercise faith if there is no fight. Wow. And but the thing is this is as we look to Jesus, right? Yeah. The author, perfecter of our faith. You know, we think that perfecting our faith means like it's like it's like, oh, I'm gonna work on my faith now, you know. But that's not yeah. how it is. You know, you focus on the goodness of God, yeah, in the midst yeah. of the struggle, and he goes, Wow, there's yeah. faith. Yeah, you know, because it's like the centurion who like he was able to comes to jesus like listen i'm a i'm a guy under authority like you just say the yeah. word jesus like he was focused on the goodness of god he was focused on the power of god in the midst of the situation but sometimes we just we just fail to recognize the goodness of god in the mm. midst of the situation and when you say and you can see god in his goodness yeah. um in the midst of the situation you can't exercise faith yeah. like you just can't you you you, you it will be impossible to exercise faith so when you see you know it's really like you said. It's taking every thought captive. It's about how you're going to train your uh, like challenge and train your 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 mind. Romans twelve verse two: Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Yeah. And so it's really about how you think about the difficulties that we face. 
And so when, when you go through difficulty, this is a time for you to actually say, actually, this is an opportunity for me to grow in my relationship with God and to recognize his mm. goodness and to watch the goodness of God come through. Like, wow. I absolutely believe that. And I also think, too, that what, what also helps people um, is that, you know, I, I know we were talking about having like a, a bigger understanding of like we we're talking about the worldwide church. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, <clears throat> I think that, um, you know, for people who are struggling with fear, once again, I think it's be- a, a lot of times it's because they've made life about them and, mm. and life is not about them. Like, and I, you know, I hate bursting people's, you know, if anyone's watch, well, whoever watches this, I hate to burst your bubble, but like life is not about you. You know, it's, it's just not. And when you do, you hurt yourself when you make, when you think of life that way, you know, everyone's Matthew chapter six, the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first Mm. the kingdom of God. Yeah. They were making life all about them and they were worried and anxious and fearful. That's why he puts that verse right in there, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you as well. So like, stop making life about you. And start making life about him. And when you start running with purpose, when you have purpose, that's when you have peace. Well, wow. because yeah. you've been you've been running after you've been running after comfort and security, and when and when all that stuff gets taken from you, then what do you have? Because you've based all your happiness on that, you know. But when you're actually running with a purpose, something that's bigger than yourself, like I love the fact that we can be part of something that's bigger than just us. Jesus says, "I'm building my church." We can be a part of what He's doing. He's building His church worldwide. And so, you know, get involved with something, you know, realize that, this, that, that there's so much more to this life than that meets the eye, it's so much bigger than just you. And so one, we got to recognize the goodness of God in the midst of our individual circumstances, absolutely. But recognize that there's so much, there's a bigger picture and that you wouldn't just make life about you. It's not just about coming to church and filling a seat on a Sunday morning. It's about getting involved in the purposes and plans of God as part of God's corporate worldwide church and when you have that purpose in mind it doesn't matter what comes your way you just see it as another obstacle that the devil is trying to throw your way to keep you from participating in the plans of god wow and i i just think that that's really important one for our own individual lives we have to recognize the goodness of god but two we have to get involved in god's purposes and plans and kind of shun or not seek after the what's comfortable and familiar and secure wow because god's really not about that (laughs) Yeah, man, that's so good. Um, and as as you were talking too, you you know you you were talking about faith, and really, I mean, faith responds to what we believe, right? Yes. So, so yeah, like it, it just it comes back to that. So often, I think we're 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 more focused on our on our faith. I just need more faith. I just need more faith. I mean, Jesus said when when the disciples came to Jesus saying, "Lord, increase our faith." He didn't say, okay, let's do it. He's like, here's here's two steps to increase your faith. No. He was like, well, look, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, which is really, really small, by the way. <laughs> if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, or just I think it was in that case, it was the mulberry tree. You say this this tree be pulled up by the roots and moved over there, and it'll it'll obey you, all of that. It's like it's it's not it's not even about me like increasing your faith. It's not about me giving you more faith. Hmm. again i think that so much of what we do like let's take i'm i'm uh 
I'm working on, I'm trying to, trying to lose, lose some weight. So what, what do we do with, even with things like weight loss, like the weight loss, the fitness industry, the dieting, the health industry, like it is booming, right? Like there are millions of books on the yeah. subject of how to lose weight. The thing is, we all know how to lose weight to an extent. Like you want right. to, you want to exercise and you want to eat clean like you like there's basic things it might be yeah. different for some people you know there might be some subtle differences if you have health issues if you have you know different things right like, yeah you probably need a book to help you out walk you through something having trainers and all that kind of stuff for accountability all that stuff is great i'm not putting any of that down I'm not putting down the fitness industry as a whole i'm just saying like like we pretty much know like how many books do i need to read to help me lose <laughs> weight at some point i need to like put on my running shoes or I need to, you know, whatever I need to do. Right. Like I need to do right. something. And yes. it's not always me. Like, I think the, the comfort thing, that's what it does. It, it gets us to focus on what can you give me? What outside thing can come in to make me grow? Like, what can right. I add to my life to help me get there? And what we so often fail to recognize is the fact that everything that we need, Christ has already accomplished for us and he lives in us. And so Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so like the things that we need to grow spiritually, like that's why I just really think Jesus is like, hey, look, uh, this isn't even about, he didn't, I'm paraphrasing, of course, I'm adding stuff, but it's like, this isn't even about me increasing your faith. They're saying, yeah. Jesus, increase our faith. They're seeing, they're looking at what he did and they're saying, we want to do what he did. So Jesus, give us something new. Give me some, help me increase my faith. He's like, right. look, the point is you already have faith. You need to right. use what you have though, because the faith of a mustard seed will cause you to speak this way, to say this, to make this declaration and the thing would obey you. So yeah. look, this isn't about me giving you something that you don't have. This is about you. What, what does a seed do? You take a seed and you plant it. You take a seed and you sow it because the seed already has within itself the capacity for, for growth, for right. increase, for expansion. But what's the point? Like, you gotta. It's not gonna. It's not gonna grow when it's in comfort. <laughs> no. It's not gonna. It's not gonna grow in the little seed bag on the shelf at Walmart. It's just not gonna do it. No. You gotta take it. You gotta submit it to the pressure of burying it, the acidity of the of the dirt and everything that's piled on top of it. Like it, the thing needs to 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 die, so that it can break open and so that it can right. grow. Like there's a lot of. There's a lot of uncomfortable things that that seed has to go through in order to produce. So like we, we need to, it's, 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 you know, like if, if I want my, if I want my muscle to grow, I, I could, break it down. I, yeah. Or like I could, I could do what some people do and inject some foreign substance into my muscle, hoping for some, some fake kind of growth, but that's not recommended. Like no. the best thing for me to do is to recognize, hang on, this muscle already knows how to grow. This muscle right. already knows what, like, it, it's built to grow. It's built to expand. I just have to apply pressure to it. I have to break it down, as you said, and work it out. Because when I, I take the faith that I have, when I take what God's given me, and I begin to use it, instead of, like, yeah. you know, again, trying to stay in that place of comfort, then that's where the growth, increase, expansion, all these amazing things that God wants to do in our lives and through our lives it happens, man. But it's like in that place of, of trust and confidence in him yeah. and being willing, like you said, like faith that doesn't step outside of his comfort zone, faith without risk, faith without works is dead. Right. right? So, yep. you know, sometimes it's, it's risky for us in terms of our thinking, but when we know, when we know God and, and, and when our, the steps that we're taking in life are based on the belief that he's good, 
the belief yes. that he's faithful, the belief. people we need each other because god designed us that way i'm not saying that but it's like you know he's he's given us what we need he's given us the resource of his word he's given us right. his presence like yeah i don't know now his grace is sufficient absolutely you have everything that you need absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah so yeah man well listen brother i'm i'm really again really appreciative of you and your time i'm, I'm so blessed by your heart for God and your commitment to like following the cloud, so to speak, like your, your commitment to going after God's presence, to pursuing God's presence. And, and yeah, man, even like, even when it's not easy, even when it's not comfortable to say, God, like you're what we want, you know, yeah. you're our source. You're, you're the one that means everything. And without you, my life doesn't, mean anything like <laughs> like without you i can i can build stuff on my own but in the end it doesn't really mean anything and i think that we can learn to to minister to serve to do things in this way where it's like subtly glorifying ourselves <laughs> yeah um but it, it just blesses me so much to just see to see you to see claire to see um the way that you guys have just learned to operate from that place of dependence on on the heart of god and making it about him, pursuing him above all else. And um, so, again, I'm just really appreciative, brother. Is there any, you know, final final thought or anything like that that you'd have just to encourage somebody out there? Um, we wrap this up. <laughs> I you know I I think um, <clears throat> when it comes when it comes down to you know being in a place of fear, anxiety, um, you know, the word of God is just so powerful. And, you know, it helped me break out of, of, uh, of a place of, of incredible fear, um, you know, and so, you know, it's amazing how, you know, my Bible's like right next to me, so I'm like pointing at it. So like, but it's amazing how those words actually come alive in our, in our lives, um, and it becomes a part of us. And so, um, you know, talk about wanting to become healthy, so it's like, <laughs> It's, it's getting this inside of us that, that makes us really, really healthy. And so yeah. it's, it's this meditation on God's word that, um, that really just enables that to take place and take root in our lives. And so if you want faith, well, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the words of Christ. And yeah. so, you know, get Romans 10, 17. So like, you know, it's just about getting that in you and keep on hearing and keep on hearing and keep mm -hmm. on hearing. And uh, it, it really does help dispel fear because, you know, the enemy... The enemy takes cheap shots when you're down. You know, wow. he, he does. He'll just, he'll just, he'll kick you when you're down. And so yeah. as soon as, as soon as like, as soon as something tragic in your life happens and whether God allowed it um, or, or the, uh, it was something stupid that you did, or it's just, you know, an onslaught from the enemy, you know, yeah, God can turn, you know, he can turn everything around for the good but yeah. um in those moments the enemy will just keep you down in the dust and he'll kiss he'll kick you over and over and over again uh when you are just resonating with and agreeing with fear uh fear agrees with the lies of the enemy faith believes the promises of god and wow. um and so we we just we just you got to keep on you have to keep on getting god's promises into your life and yeah and into your heart 
um, and watch, just watch how it, it, it'll, it'll change things. It will help you take thoughts captive. Um, it, it, it's just, and it, and it will help you propel you into purpose despite the circumstances that you may be facing. Wow. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, well, uh, you, you said, you said something that was so key in there. Um, would you, just before I let you go, would you maybe break down a little bit, um, meditation? So, you know, talking about meditating on the word of God and keeping his promises in front of us, would you kind of like, uh, even if you just want to explain like how that works for you um, okay. in, in a practical sense, because I think sometimes, you know, some, some people could hear that word med- meditate, meditation, and just oh. like have a completely you know contrary yeah. idea to what it actually is. Hey, guess what? Meditation is biblical. <laughs> yes. It's not, it's not something, you know, weird or mystical or anything like that. And so uh, just to right. kind of like break that down, maybe um, like what what meditating on the word or on the promises of god like how that how that looks or works for you okay so um if you read psalm chapter one so going all the way back to the beginning of our conversation where you were commenting on on my good looks basically so you were just saying <laughs> how young i, I, I start every conversation that way oh, okay about sean, sean white's good looks yeah <laughs> I, I get it a lot. Everyone sees me now yeah. with my my daughter, yeah. who's like so you know fourteen, and they they can't believe I'm the dad. And I'm like, well, you know, read your Bible. <laughs> hey, who's, your, so, <clears throat> who's your older brother? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, it's yeah. Anyway, so it's yeah. it, meditation is it uh, it kind of it kind of it kind of comes from this understanding of uh, uh, chewing. All right, so you are. You are digesting. It's not read a chapter a day to keep the devil away. That doesn't <laughs> that doesn't work, okay? Um, because it has to get in you, right? And so yeah, you know yeah. you can take. It doesn't even have to be a chapter, um, you know. So I'll 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 read something, and before I begin, I'll, I'll just say, Holy Spirit, just highlight something to me, you know, that you want to say, um, and because you know you can read through uh, the the Bible, and I, I've read it through. I've read throughout the Bible, like over and over again. My wife actually had to buy me a new Bible because my other one was falling apart. But like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have, I, so I, um, you know, you, you can, you can read through it and like, man, I never saw this before. You know, it like, I don't know how I, how I missed this. Um, and I find that all the time, but it's just a matter of like, don't just read through it. Like you can take, you could take a verse and just, you know, whatever it may be and just recite it think about it instead of thinking about all the crap that's making you worry and fearful and anxious yeah man. why think about that when you can think about something it's just finally brothers whatever whatever is you know true and noble and just and pure and excellent and worthy of praise think on these things and it should help you you know think back to who god is like yeah. uh, think of something beautiful sunset sunsets are beautiful well god created the sunset you know i, I it's just everything should lead you back to thinking about him and mm. so um I, I don't just don't just read it through and be like, okay, I'm done for the day. You know, think about it. Um, you know, instead of turning on the news, which isn't going to give you any information that's worthy of your attention anyway. Uh, think about the things that God's actually saying in Scripture, yeah. and and let it become a part of you when you're when you're in the grocery store. Like sometimes, like I'll read something and I'll be like, I don't know what you meant by that, God, or like I even have a problem with it. Some, some of the things that were written, I'm like, I don't understand and I'll, I'll struggle with it. And mm-hmm. my God, you know, what are you trying to say through this? 
And uh, the answer always comes. It, it, it may sometimes, sometimes it's taking years, but it comes, yeah. you know, and, and through that time, God, God is actually working on your hearts to actually receive what he actually wants to say. So, um, and it's beautiful how God can develop this relationship. So meditation is not like this whole mystical type of a thing. It's just about having a dialogue with God mm. where I'm just, I'm going to chew on this. I'm going to yeah. debate with God. I'm going to wrestle with God on some of these issues that, that I'm finding. And he always wins, but like, but I'm <laughs> going to, I, but, but through it all, that wrestling match, that, that kind of working through it, the chewing on it, 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 uh, it, it changes you. So yeah. um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. So don't just don't just read through this scripture and think you got it. Let it let it sink in. Let it become a part of you. Meditate. Think on this. Chew on this. Wrestle with this, yeah. and and watch it get into you. Because then you've got then you've got ammo to fight with when the enemy does oh, come. When he's when he's coming against when when he's got when there's fear being sent your way. Now you've got something to fight with, right? Because this, you were supposed to put on the full armor of God, right? And so the sword of the spirits, it's the word of God. That's what you fight with. Now you've got something to fight back with, right? So yeah, we want to take every thought captive and everything, but I don't want to just be on the defense the whole time. Right. Right. You know, I, yeah, I'm, I want to be able to put the devil in his place. I want to poke him in the eye with truth. So, so I the, like this is, and this is what we fight with. We, we fight with truth and truth is actually what sets people free. And so when I use the truth of the word of God, you know, then I'm actually being set free from the lies that I have believed because, you know, the enemy, he works in, you know, three primary ways. He's got three weapons that he comes against with people. Two of them, you'll always know when you're experiencing one, you won't. Okay. Mm. The devil works through temptation, but you all know when you're being tempted, right? Mm. He works through condemnation, but you know, yeah. when you're being condemned and there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, there, there's, I'm battling. I, I have a sword to fight with. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, but the third one is deception. And the nature of deception is you just don't know when you're being deceived. Wow. And he uses that one quite a lot. That's what the Antichrist yeah. spirit comes with, we face in the world. That's what he, he oftentimes, he, he, he fights through deception. But if you have truth, you know, first John, John introduces the whole Antichrist spirit to us. Jesus refers to it as, as the fake Christ. John introduces in first John about, about the Antichrist. But he says, I'm writing to you those who have truth. Because there are people who are trying to deceive you, but you have the truth. And so when you have truth, you actually are able to battle against deception. Mm. And the, 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 the yeah. devil would just love to deceive you about, about, uh, about who you are. He's trying to steal people's God-given identity and calling and, and, and purposes upon their lives. But if you have truth, you can fight against those three things, condemnation, temptation, and deception. Deception being the worst of them. And people believe so many different lies uh, from the enemy uh, because they don't they're not operating in the truth of God's word. Mm. And so you get this into you, then you've got something to fight with. And then you won't fall for the, this, the, the wicked schemes of the enemy. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that you would have life and that you have it abundantly. Mm. And we don't really enter into that life if we're not operating from a place of truth because truth is what brings freedom. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so helpful, man. Um, oh. I'm ready to I'm ready to go read some some Bible, man. That that's, <laughs> that's so encouraging. And and look, I mean, the 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 thing is that 
we're always meditating. We're always meditating on something. Yes. If, yep. if we're not, if we're not meditating on his words, we're meditating on someone else's words. If we're not right. med meditating on his truth. We're meditating. Maybe we're meditating on a lie of the enemy, you know, because, because, yeah. because uh, I love the way that you explained it. It really, it has to do with, with, with our, our thought life, you know, the, yeah. the way that we, the way that we just think about something over and over again. And so, yeah, I mean, I could go, I could go through, go through the whole day meditating on all my problems and, and all the, the, people the, do the junk and, and stuff yeah for sure for sure and so yeah just just change the subject just change the content of your thinking and and as you said i love how practical you are with it like it, it could just be take a verse yeah like like I, I i even tell people like just take a take a concept of god or or a phrase like yeah the first few words of the most famous um passage in scripture on the planet the lord is my shepherd mm. i shall not want like just you could take that and just be on just feed off of that feast off right. of that like all day long i mean if you're having a financial struggle find a verse find a promise from scripture that deals with finance or that that deals with the fact that god is your provision god is your provider that deals with supernatural resource and supply that deals yep. with his you know even even uh, maybe on a broader scale talks about his grace and the abundance of uh, like you can just yeah like you said man like fight do war with it get get yeah, the yeah. get your sword get get a scripture get your sword and become consciously aware of who god is through through it and and uh, yeah, just just kind of let it be the 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 content of your thought life. And then when the right. enemy comes in, or you have some kind of distraction that tries to like shift it in another direction, just again take it captive. Be like, okay, no, that's right. not that's not what we're doing right now. That's not what this is about. Right. And and uh, you can just you can keep that in front of you. I mean, nobody nobody in practical life could walk around like with this Bible just in front of their face all day long. But we can carry His Word in our heart with us everywhere that we go. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I, I love the way that you that you talked about meditation being this sort of like dialogue with God, this back and forth, this wrestling match. Um, yeah, that's like I, I, I like I describe it as just like it's it's just it, you're engaging with God over something that he wrote or over something that he said, you know, yeah. or over something that he promised you. Um, just having that like even just even even as simple as sometimes like having asking him questions. What did God, what does this mean? Show this to me. Um, yeah. Sometimes like if you want to take it to the next level, like <laughs> write it, you know, write, gr grab your journal and, and start yes. writing and, and, and talking to God and having that sort of back and forth, even as you're writing about it, that's meditation too. Oh um, yeah. Hold on. Look at this. Look at, this is. <laughs> <sighs> this is all my journals and I've got another one over here Bro. and this is just years and years and I've kept them of awesome. Of that's awesome. uh, that's, that's all my meditations right there. That's awesome. Um, so it's having important. that, yeah, man, and, and being able to like go back to something that God told you like 16 years ago, like right now, we might not think about how valuable that could be in the future, right? But but that's a good thing, man, and and uh, and and we could we could wrap it up on that because that I'm so glad you did that. That's such a good encouragement, like to. If you've never journaled before, <laughs> or maybe you have, but you don't have that normal like habit, start today. Yeah. You, you know, like because because as you sort of it'll help you keep a keep a record of the things that God is showing you, the things that God is speaking to you. There's been times, man, where I've come at like 
like like I've I've actually sat back and had the thought like oh, man I just haven't been hearing from God I I haven't been you know I it's it's like I feel disconnected and then like I'll go to a a journal something that I've written like a week ago and I'll be like like oh I don't even remember when God showed me this right you know what I mean and so just being able to like bring those things back up uh, yeah if you receive a prophetic word like write it down like have it somewhere where you can go back to it and you can see what God was saying in that season. Cause it's such a beautiful thing that like, you can go back to what God showed you, what God promised you. And maybe it'll, it'll, you, you'll, you'll end up like going back to that thing. And now you're actually, it might be years in the future, but now you're actually living it or you can look back and, and you can see where, you know, God brought you through something. And it's just like, we really do man need all the help that we can get in terms of our our mindset and our thinking because as you said the enemy is just incessant he's going to kick you while you're down he's going to lie to you all day long he's going to try to condemn you and beat you up and make you feel guilty and all of that and so like just we have we have so many tools at our disposal that that he's given to us and again like the the foundation of 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 it all is the fact that we're just welcome in his presence, you know? Yeah. And that, and and that we carry his presence with us because he lives within us. And so wherever you are, wherever, wherever you're at, like you're at work at home, whatever, like you have, you have access to the actual presence of God, not in some weird mystical way, but like in a real actual, like tangible way, you have access to, to him, to his presence, to just those conversations that go on throughout daily life. And, um yeah man <laughs> good so i asked you for your last thought like 20 minutes ago I'm still here but we keep going um, right yeah yeah. It's, yeah but for real man i again really do appreciate you thank you so much for your time um Absolutely. I, again i know i know i know you you guys have a lot going on but uh but really appreciate you carving out some time to do this it really really means a lot to me so Absolutely. thanks brother and i and uh i'm just i'm stoked because i know you added just a ton of value today um so, thank you yeah brother thank you yeah thanks for having me man love you and and uh this is great i'm glad we can even just it was, i like this because it was just having just having a dialogue it's awesome yeah yeah man yeah. yeah well yeah again i uh, love you too man appreciate it and uh yeah i think i the reason i i've sort of done it the there's a lot of different ways a lot of different reasons why i've chosen to done this thing like it might not seem like it but a lot of thought went into this this process um and i i love being able to kind of just kind of feel our way out through a conversation you know and being able to get get your perspective in a way that i don't know that people can kind of like connect with you a little bit that are listening i mean anybody anybody that that's been here for the whole episode <laughs> which you know it's 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 tricky because it's long and a lot of people are probably working right now but i mean this will go out later as a podcast and, and all of that but uh but anybody who's you know able to actually catch the whole conversation maybe and, it, and maybe it's in snippets maybe it's 15 minutes here 15 minutes there but like right. who's able to actually listen to the whole thing and and kind of you know go through the 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 progression of just kind of you know, hearing what you're saying, getting to know you a little bit in the process. I think that it's just such a, a good way to learn, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, love it. No, man. I so agree. Thank totally. You, thank you again. Uh, but thank you everybody so much for checking out this episode of real life talk. If you were blessed by this episode, 
uh, please consider subscribing. Um, or you can even uh, like the Facebook page at DK Lamastra. That way you'll always get notified of all future episodes. If you're interested in a way that you can support this channel so that we can ultimately reach more people, you can do that by sharing this episode, by uh, subscribing, by leaving a review. I would literally be your best friend. So, um, so thanks, everybody. Have an awesome day and uh, see you next time.